Welcome to the Doghouse. I'm Diana. And I'm David. It's Riverdale Season 4, Episode 9, Chapter 66, Tangerine. After declaring war on Hiram, Veronica enlists a secret weapon against her father, her abuelita. All right, it's our mid-season finale. That description doesn't even get close to what's going I, on in this okay, episode. So I've said it before a couple of times, especially on our Doghouse drive through which is available the Friday after new episodes on our Patreon channel, beep, beep. that I feel like they've taken a page out of Mad Men and they got famous for having, well, they were famous for a lot of reasons, but one of the things they started doing in the last few seasons was they would put out trailers that told you nothing and their descriptions also told you nothing. Yeah. <laughs> They'd give you one piece of information that had no consequence at all and they have been doing that for the last couple of episodes too and considering how spoiler heavy this show has been because of its creator Mm -hmm. uh that's good that's a good trend yeah i don't know maybe he got in trouble i'm gonna say second watch on this episode eh? more pieces fell into place for me upon second watch the things that I didn't like the first time, I still don't like this time. But other things, it was like, okay. And it kind of helped me like formulate some more stuff for future. And like, oh, this is when this happens. This is when that happens. And that's cool. I just think there's some storylines that was like, well, now you've kind of thrown out the coolest idea here. So where are you going? <laughs> All right. So recap that recap. Dodger's family showed up for Thanksgiving. Jughead accuses DuPont. Betty killed a cat. Cheryl's out for blood. Archie's got a hotline, but can't give up his mask. So we start off, we, we move very quickly this first section. We're at Stonewall Prep. Jughead's reading his story. The case of the boy in the river has been solved. Haha, <laughs> that's Jason Blossom. Of course The boy is. in the river. I'm okay with that. He's drawing on his life experiences. DuPont awards him the contract. Brett is appalled, but whatever. And DuPont says like, yeah, your first step into a larger, better life, provided you play by the rules. Mm-hmm. We never find out what those rules are. Nope. So that's going to come bite some people in the ass. Of course it is. So that's cool. We go over to the Pembroke and Veronica has not gotten into Dartmouth. That was her safety school. And it's just ridiculous. Her dad is just like, oh, man, I guess you should have gone to Harvard. So clearly he's behind this. She makes a comment about her interview with Columbia coming up. And he says, oh, you know, you could just go to Riverdale Community College because they have a rolling admission policy. And then you could still do your rum empire if that's still happening. So he's just like fucking with her. Can I also say why punch down on community college? Community college is great. When the expectation is that you're going to an Ivy League Community college is not great. I understand. But like, like there's so community many college as a thing is great. Yeah, well, and there are so many people who get quality educations and go to like really prestigious colleges mm-hmm. that do a couple years of community college to knock out the basics. No, no. In their world, community college is garbage. Well, screw them. I like I, community college. I like community college, too. Put it on record. The doghouse is pro-community college. I am pro whatever education gets you to your life goals. Be Trade school or community college, I, whatever it needs to be, I'm pro that. The more you know. If you don't put that sound effect in, I'll be pissed at you. (laughs) Veronica gives her patented, it's happening, daddy. Oh, she's so dumb. She's just so sucked in. We go to the El Royale gym and FP's waking up, Archie. Wake up. What what do you want? I'm investigating a vigilante. Is that you? (laughs) And Archie's like, yeah, are you going to arrest me? No, I should. I like that Archie doesn't lie about it. He's just very straight up. And they kind of go back and forth. 
about it. And Archie throws out this like, people die changing tires on the side of the road, Mr. Jones. At least I'd die with a shred of honor. To which FP's like, that's some smug BS. <laughs> which is completely true. It's total horseshit. Well, I do like a lot of this episode is like FP stepping into that surrogate father role for Archie. Archie needs somebody. He does need somebody, which that explains a lot of shit that happens later on in the episode, too. Yes. yes. Uh, Which I really didn't put together until I watched it the second time. But so that's what's going on here. FP asks him, why aren't you doing more here at the center? And Archie says, like, yeah, I am. The trouble keeps showing up anyways. Now we're getting at the core of what is going on here. Which she's right. But FP is like, okay, you're doing good work, honorable work, and I may be can help you with that. Okay, great. FP doesn't want Archie to lean into the violence because that's what FP did. That was a mistake that FP made. And also, FP could help out a lot more. You're not a good sheriff. Okay, but he does a good sheriff thing later. Yeah, I know. All right. We're at the FBI office. Only Jughead's there this time. What do you say, Chuck? Can you help me? Ew. Don't call him Chuck. (laughs) I mean, like, also, where did Chuck Clayton go? But, like, don't call Charles Chuck. It's super weird. He's asking Charles to find his grandpa. Correction, our grandpa. Weird. Well, what's the urgency? And Jughead says that I have an important decision to make, but I can't do that until I find out his truth. Okay, well, that, like, makes some sense. Like... It's a better line than he's been giving for so long and being on its twisted manic rant. Well, here he's taking the advice that he got from Burble and he's actually doing the investigation. He's, yeah. not, it's, he's not relying on conjecture. He knows that he's not going to feel okay taking this on unless he knows what actually happened and yeah. went down. Yeah. And I think that's fair. Oh, no, that's t- like he needs to have all the information so he can make an educated decision. This is better than conspiracy theories. Totally, which is all we've had from Jughead for a little bit. Mm-hmm. We go over to Pops and their liquor license has been pulled by Hiram. Shocking. <laughs> Pop says, no offense, Veronica, but your father, he wasn't raised right. <laughs> to which Veronica says, no, actually he was. And you've just given me a great idea glorious i do i do love this this aspect is very funny everything about the cat and mouse between them is great it's all of the bullshit that they keep circling around we've done it for four seasons that's why it's annoying yeah where and where's armosa like she was the flavor that made it more interesting why isn't she doing this back and forth with her why isn't Hiram using Hermosa as his agent to fuck with Veronica or why isn't Hermosa playing her own con game in the middle of it okay I feel like the end game here with all of that is that Hermosa is going to end up dead because she will end up siding with Veronica in some way possibly and I don't know I still want Hermione to die but whichever way it happens Hermosa is eventually going to turn on Hiram to help out Veronica that's the only way this is playing out this whole thing has gone on for season after season after season. Yeah. And when is it going to do something and different? It's, it's not getting interesting. No. Uh, Make a change. No. We go over to the Not Cooper house and Betty is being woken up by Alice. But he's like, what's going on? Your sister mutilated a nurse at Shady Grove. She almost clawed her face off. And so then we cut to there all downstairs. Charles is there. And Betty's like, this is a mistake. Like. Polly's not okay, but she's not a literal monster. 
So Charles is like, okay, here's the footage. <laughs> Gives her a computer. We never see it. And Bay's watching it, watching it. Oh my God, what the hell happened? She was like a zombie. And then she attacked the nurse for no reason. And Charles says, she will only talk to you, she says. And she will only talk to you alone. And Bay's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll talk to her. Like, oh, hey, one more thing. The nurse that Polly disfigured, her name is Betty. Dun, dun, dun. Cut to Shady Grove. And... Polly has been chained to a bed and Bay's like, okay, what do you want? Oh, thank God you're here. You're the only one I can trust. And Polly is just like, I didn't do it. One minute I was in the rec room and the next thing I'm chained to a bed. I didn't do this. And it's like, she's crying and screaming and Betty's just like, what the fuck? Riverdale. Okay, cool. Like we're, we're moving along. Like this, this episode's trucking. Can we let Polly get better? At any point, I would love for Polly to get better. Can Polly finally not be a total mess? <sighs> she's been through a lot. That's all fair. I know. And and like I'm kind of like, oh man, she's all chained up again. I was like, okay, she did mutilate a person. This is this is on track. Oh, that's understandable for what happened here. Yeah, I don't love it because it keeps happening in Riverdale. But I'm like, this this at least this one they painted it better i guess it's just it's that factor of you have a character who's struggled with mental illness and manipulation and trauma and every time you use her as a convenient plot point instead of an actual character yeah so why is she still here we go over to the el royale gym and fp's there and archie's like hey thanks you know like where did you get the metal detector because FP is setting him up with all the security gear that he needs for the facility. Cameras, doors, locks, all that sensors and stuff. That's that's great. It is great. <laughs> FP says, I got it from Southside High when they shut it down. <laughs> Which is great. And Archie's like, yeah, this is great, but it'll be even better once Dodger and his family are in jail or out of town. <sighs> but thank you, sir. And then the kids who are there, Boxer's like, hey, uh, we can help find Dodger. We know the alleys and we used to work for him. And Archie responsibly says, we're good. The last thing I need is you out there kicking up dust. Okay, like Archie is, he's doing really good with how he's handling the kids. But Archie himself is a kid and he needs handling. He's That's the problem. He's got to fucking chill out. It's like, dude, yes, I know. Dodger needs to get behind bars. Because the way he says it and the way he looks at FP is like, yeah, this is all nice and stuff, but, you know, maybe go catch the guy. I was mm-hmm. like, dude, calm down. Everybody wants to help you. Mm-hmm. We go over to the speakeasy, and Veronica's there with her abuelita. And she's like, hey, you know, I want to get into rum production, but my father refuses to teach me. How did he learn? Abuelita's like, from me, he's using my recipe. <laughs> oh, can you teach me? Absolutely, but what about college? Veronica's like, oh, you wouldn't believe some of the things your son's been doing. Love it. Love it. This is great. Again, it's great. It's fun. Except that we've done so much of this. I'm just done with them. Where was the part of this conversation where she she asked Abuelita, did you know about Hermosa? Did you know and how long have you known? And why didn't you tell me? I want to see that conversation. I also want to see that conversation with Hermione. Oh, hey, here's another question. Where's Jelly Bean? Yeah, where is Jelly Bean? (laughs) We go over to Stonewall and Charles is calling. We found him. We found Grandpa. The U.S. Postal Service did. What? How? Evidently, Forsyth has a P.O. box in Seaside. He checks it once a month when he comes out of the forest. And Jack is like, 
did you say forest? <laughs> and, and this tracks for a Jones man. It really does. No. Oh, FP Prime. We go over to the Not Cooper house. Betty is talking with Alice. And she's like, you know, the crazy thing is I actually believe her. And she's talking about Polly. And Alice is like, yeah, but we saw it with our own eyes. And Betty's like, it was like she was fuging or something. And Oh, wait a minute. The doctors at Shady Grove said Polly received a phone call about an hour or so before the incident. Cue the phone ringing. Betty says Charles needs to figure out who's calling. And so Alice goes over to the phone. She's like, Cooper Jones residence. And Alice doesn't, she kind of like doesn't do anything. And then she hangs up the phone and moves around. And Betty's like, what's going on? What's going on, mom? Mom, what are you doing? And Alice opens the door, gets a knife and starts going after Betty. Uh-huh. And Betty's like, you're, you're acting just like Polly, like you're hypnotized. And then she snaps or claps. We see it. We just hear the noise. And all of a sudden, Alice stops. And she's got her arm up in the air with a knife. She's like, what am I doing? Why am I holding a knife? <laughs> did, and, and Betty's like, you don't, you don't remember? And Alice says, did, did somebody ring or did I imagine it? No, it rang. You answered. And whoever called said something that I don't know that triggered you into attacking me. And Alice's like, is that even possible? Betty's like, Charles needs to, needs to track that phone call. Bet's position. This is the term I'm using. She does a lot of expositional legwork early in this episode. Not saying it doesn't end well, but early on, it caught me this time going like, man, they're having her read out a bunch of lines that she's just suddenly figured out in the last five minutes of this episode timeline. Yeah, she's... They have a long road to go. I'm not blaming them per se, but it's just like, you have a lot of setup to get to where we want to go here. In this scene, I would have rather her do the exposition talk with just Charles. Yes. And in this scene, have something happen where she makes the clapping or snapping type noise. And that's what stops Alice. And that's when Betty goes, this is just like what happened with Polly. And then she explains it to Charles. There you go. That would have been a little bit better because here it does look like we're trying to help the audience get to a conclusion faster. And you didn't need that. No, well, she's like, wait, there was a phone call. A phone rings. It's very melodrama. That that is fine because this is a soap opera. I get it. That's fine. I don't mind that. Like, because Betty's just like going through what she's heard and what she's learning. That is how Betty deals with things. It just teases but, a little. But bit. in that moment, you didn't need it. It, it should have been something that she talks about with Charles Riverdale writers. Suspense. Give us a little bit. Just a little bit. Cut over to the mayor's office. Abuelita shows up to say hi to Hiram, slaps him, yells at him in Spanish. You should be ashamed of yourself. Picking fights with your daughter. Your father is turning over in his grave. Then she leaves. <laughs> Veronica comes waltzing in. Really? Turning my own mother against me. And Veronica's like, oh, and guess what she shared with me? And she pulls out a piece of paper. Our family secret rum recipe. So brace yourself, daddy. It's on. First of all, that slap was terrible yes it was terrible it was the, the it, was, yell- it was the edit the yelling in spanish fabulous yes loved it it was just a really bad edit cut that was like clearly this slap is fake yeah i we we hate the fake slap i mean I, there's a way to do it and make mm-hmm. it look good just yep. you know do it that way but man oh man again it's just dumb mm-hmm. go over to andrew's home mary needs to talk to archie you need to sit down vic your dad's foreman came by earlier he wants to buy us out of andrew's construction and Archie's just like, well, tough, mom, because we're not selling. I'll tell Vic that myself after I fire his ass. <laughs> Archie holds a grudge. 
A little bit, but <laughs> I was fucking stupid. Again, this is about his dad's legacy. It's part of his dad. That's what it's about. But the whole, like, I'm going to fire his ass is stupid. Yeah. Like, this should be this should be just a different conversation. What are you, did Archie suddenly turn 40? <laughs> Seems like it. He still has a maturity of a 13-year-old. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's being nice. Then he gets a phone call. He's like, Toby, not now. And Toby, we can hear him on the phone. It's about Eddie. He and Malcolm went looking for Dodger and his brothers. They found him. They're beat up, Archie Bad. Eddie's in the hospital again. Okay, so the kids went out when they weren't supposed to, like Archie does all the fucking time. <sighs> and they got hurt, like Archie does all the fucking time. Yep. Go to the FBI office. Betty's there. She's talking with Charles. Charles is like, your hunch was right. Those calls came from Shankshaw Prison. And so Betty starts talking with him and basically like, who else do we know that does stupid shit like this? The farm. And Edgar may be dead, but his lovesick lackey Evelyn sure isn't. And let me guess, any chance she's in Shankshaw? So Jughead goes into the woods at night. He comes across a bus, which, you know, again, is on par for a Jones man. Uh, And dude opens the bus door. You hold it right there, boy. Shotgun comes out. So clearly we are dealing with a Jones man. Yeah, he also said boy, which Mm -hmm. I love. And then Jughead puts his hands up. If you're Forsyth Jones the first, then I'm your grandson. (laughs) Grandpa's like, I I guess you better come in then. So that, that turned very quickly. Yep. Oh, now we go over to the Thistlewood melodrama. Ooh. Cheryl has set off a bug bomb in her living room, and she's got Jason on one side and Julian on the other, and she's talking about blah, 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 blah. I was born in poison. I shall die in poison. You know, okay. You know, her family likes poison. It goes off for a little bit. The room fills. We kind of have a cut. We we see that a little bit of time has passed. And we hear this coughing and a door pops open and out comes Penelope coughing. And we look to Cheryl, who now has a red gas mask on. And she says, Mumsy, what a surprise. And then Penelope faints. <laughs> I At first, I was like, are we really doing this again? Like, mm-hmm. fucking really? Yeah. For no reason. And then we had the twist when Penelope came out, and I was like, okay, I'm all right with this. I'm okay with this choice. I was like, I, for me, the, it was just like, of course she has a red gas mask. This is just, <laughs> what, am I, what am I watching? This is just insane. It's the logical explanation for what's been going on, though. So I'm down with it. Yeah, no, I, we thought it might be Charles, but it's Penelope. She's hiding in the house. Of course, there are secret passageways in that fucking house. I'm okay with that. We head over to the sheriff's office and Archie is yelling at FP. FP's like, okay, fine. I will help you. But your dad would pound the tar out of me if I let you do this on your own. Mm-hmm. We'll handle the Dickinson boys and then you're done. Like, you have to stop this. And Archie's like, okay. And FP's like, let me get changed first. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. What's a serpent? Always a, a serpent. serpent. So we cut to a back alley. It's sketch alley. I'm deciding. It's sketch alley. And they just start yelling at the dudes. And then FP shows up and he's he's serpent FP. He's serpent king. He's Big hot, man. Hot as fuck. And uh-huh. like, we'll break your bones, old man. Not before we break yours. And then FP head bunts the guy. And they start, <laughs> they start fighting and it's cute. Uh, we cut back to Thistlewood, and Penelope has been tied to a chair. Oh, Cheryl, what did you really think I was gassing? Like, and she's just like, what do you want, Cheryl? And Cheryl's like, did you really think I was gassing myself into an early grave? No, that was a ruse. <laughs> so basically, it's just like, I'm putting you on trial. 
Lunatic child, what are the charges? <laughs> Her exasperation with Cheryl. Eris follows. Prolonged gaslighting in hopes of driving me cuckoo bananas. Attempted murder of Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead. An actual murder of my father, Clifford Blossom, Claudius Blossom, and Hal Cooper, among others. How do you plead, mother most foul? <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. We cut over to Pops. and Archie and FP are kind of sitting there. And FP's like, that felt good. Uh, it's been a long time since these fists delivered some proper street justice. FP is very excited. He is turned on by himself right now. A little bit. He's like high on his own supplies. Just a little bit. It's kind of adorable. He is hot. So I mean, like, I don't care. But then, you know, he says like, your old man, he's looking down on us, probably shaking his head. <laughs> of course he is. But he'd still be glad your crime fighting days are over. Bros. So like they they like, yeah, they clasp hands. This is very sweet because FP is doing for Archie what what Fred did for him with Jughead. He looked out for him, tried to keep him out of trouble. That's what FP's doing. But in only a way that FP Jones could do. Well, he's FP Jones. <laughs> Not no one can be as pure and wonderful as Fred Andrews. I should say F.P. Jones the second number two. So we come back to the Jones bus, and Grandpa's talking. He's like, "I love detective stories, so I came up with this notion to write a book about teenage detectives." And Jughead's like, "Yeah, so how did Dupont steal it from you?" And Grandpa's like, "You're getting ahead of the story, okay? I was burning out at Stonewall, so I quit. And the only thing I had to show for it was the Baxter Brothers story, and I didn't know what to do with it." Francis said he did, so he offered to buy it from me for $5,000, to which Chuck is like, that franchise is worth millions now. And Grandpa's like, yeah, I know. And when I saw how popular they became, I got bitter, started drinking. I took my anger out on the world and on my son. And eventually, I figured it was best. And Jughead finishes it that you go out for a pack of cigarettes and don't come back, to which Grandpa's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I appreciate that he's fully aware of what he did. Yeah, like there's no pretending. Like been out in the woods for God knows how long, drinking all the time. He probably had enough time to reflect on well, that. We're, we're expecting to see this bitter, angry man, and what you've got is just a lonely dude. Uh huh. And that is really unexpected, considering what we know about the Jones men. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good. So Jughead tells him, you know. DuPont asked me to be the next ghostwriter. And, you know, all this time I thought DuPont was killing people in order to keep the secret that he stole the book from you. To which, like, Grandpa's laughing. He's like, that's quite the story there. Um, but if that were the case, he would have killed me too, wouldn't he? To which Doug says, yeah, I guess. To which Grandpa says, word of advice, I messed up my life and I messed up your father's life. You seize the opportunities that are given to you. So this is great advice. The note he wrote in the book to Jughead makes so much more sense. Yeah. Because that note is not written from somebody who's angry. Or so from somebody who literally had something stolen. Stolen. It was, you hang on to the thing that you make and be careful who you trust. Uh-huh. Like, Francis did it legally, but he did take advantage of him. That is a fact. Yeah, but, but he was begging to get taken advantage of. Forsyth the first didn't he trusted the wrong person yeah and he gave up on himself really and then he let that fester so like that's really good advice also ding 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 well if that were the case he would have killed me too wouldn't he yeah that's what has had grandpa is not just missing whatever happened to the three people in the papers 
That has now happened to Grandpa. Grandpa's been taken because Jughead found him, which means Jughead's being followed. That's what's happening to Grandpa now. Uh, this will come up again later. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more. We go over to Shankshaw Prison. It's Evelyn. Evelyn's crazy, and it turns out that. It was Edgar's idea to turn everybody into sleeper agents, which is not a bad play. (laughs) And so then we find out that the trigger word is tangerine repeated three times in a row. So then Evelyn starts going tangerine, tangerine, tan, and then Betty hangs up the phone before she can finish it. Okay, cool. I fucking called this with the hypnosis. Uh Uh-huh. So I'm a genius. Go me. I was not expecting it to be Evelyn. So I like they brought her back to like we now we know what happened to Evelyn. She's in jail. Yes. So that's cool. And she's messing with people. We go over to Pops and Archie and FP are still talking. And they decide they're going to call it a night. Someone comes in. It looks like he has a mask on, a la Black Hood. Shoots FP in the chest, runs away. Wear your goddamn bulletproof vest, FP. We cut over the hospital and Archie's like, I can't believe it, Mr. Jones. I'm so sorry. And FP's like, for what? It'll take a whole lot more than a flesh wound for me to regret what we did tonight. And Archie just says, like, it was Dodger Dickinson. Effie's like, we don't know that. And then Fangs comes rushing in. Yeah, we do. Word on the street is it was Dodger and his crazy-ass mom, Darla. Fangs is back. That was a parting shot before the Dickinsons got out of town. And Archie's like, they're still in Riverdale. Yeah, they're loading out the arcade. And FP's like, how about you keep your goddamn mouth shut, Fangs? We're already on thin ice with me. (laughs) So FP had all this information before. He did. There's no way FP didn't know this before. (sighs) Because FP is playing Serpent King again. So yeah, I, I mean, like, Fang's, of course, talking with FP because he's still he's still Serpent King. Like, he's playing that game. But also Fang's, just Fang's is here. Yeah, you know, he still exists. Archie runs out and FP's like, hey, they're, they're leaving town, Archie. Like, don't go after them. They're on their way, gone. Uh, we head on over to the FBI office and Betty's talking to Charles again. She's like, I left before she could say it a third time. but what the hell would happen if I heard the trigger word three times? Would I be activated and want to kill myself? Charles like, well, there's one way to find out. Let's try it here. So he says it. Nothing happens. And Betty's like, I don't get this. And Charles is like, well, good news is you're officially not a ticking time bomb. Uh-huh. Famous last words. Sure. So we go back to Thistlewood. We're still like trying Penelope. Penelope's biggest problem is that she's happy with Jason. And how can I live knowing that you're happy with my dead son? You don't get to have what I can't have. And so Cheryl says, well, you're guilty of the worst crime of all, being hateful to your rotten core. So yeah, like that's it. And so Penelope's like, okay, you've condemned me. Execute me or cart me off to prison. And Cheryl's like, oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) You're not going to jail. You're going to a place so vile, so revolting, you wish you were bricked up in Thistle House walls. TT, prepare the chloroform. (laughs) All right. Which like... I'm down. Let's see what dungeon she gets put into. I get the revenge aspect, but again, this goes back to, you need an adult. Mm-hmm. Call FP. Like, we know she's wanted for murder. She will go directly to jail. That would be the end of it. She does not Pasco. No. She does not collect $200. <sighs> so we, we go to the speakeasy. Hiram goes up to Veronica. You're dressed to kill. Should I be in danger? <laughs> it's a really weird thing it's dumb it, it's very dumb the columbia rep is there they go over to talk and her name is shoshana rutherford she's like your assistant called my assistant and requested that i come down and see your thriving business in action tonight 
So it's like, we know it's Hiram fucking with her. She looks over and he just kind of raises the glass a little bit. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, pretty good on Hiram. Like, he's going to screw her over. He's really going for it. Of course. To which ugh, Veronica's like, I'm sorry, Miss Rutherford, for the miscommunication. But can we talk in a bit? I promised the crowd a floor show. No. So off she goes. We uh, cut to an alley. Archie gets out of his car with his bat. We see Dodger and Darla, you know, like packing their car. And he just starts running after him, yelling, like, you don't get to hurt kids. Shoot somebody in front of me and leave without payback. Darla tells Dodgy to pump up this bozo full of lead so we can take off with his truck. Yeah, they should have just shot him. Yeah. That's what any normal criminal like them would have done. But Dodger's like, no, mom, it's all right. Look at him. Bill and Fagan got in their licks, but he's a fighter. Let's have ourselves a good old fashioned brawl. What? So, so, why, why? So he throws his gun. Stupid. <laughs> the Archie, dumbest thing. Archie throws his bat. Also dumb. Also dumb. They start fighting and then we get cut back and forth with the speakeasy with Veronica singing Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, which for a song to be sung during this fight, great choice. Mm-hmm. They did it in fucking Rocket Man. Um, Mila Mendez cannot sing this fucking song. Uh-uh. That girl only has a voice for Broadway show tunes. She can't sing another fucking thing. They have proven that time and time again. She just uh, can't. Ugh. It's so bad. And then when Kevin starts singing, it's like, it should have been his fucking song. Because Casey Cott can fucking sing. He's been Tommy on Broadway yeah. the last couple of months. Yeah, and the backing track is so fucking sloppy. He sounds bad. Yeah, and you know, it also would have just given him a moment to shine a little bit. And you could have even had Fangs there, like, watching him. Because it's like, that's his dude. This would have been such a cool scene. It could have been. And it was so dumb. Yeah, it was really bad. Okay, so we go back and forth, and eventually Archie's just beating the shit out of Dodger. And Darla yells, and Archie's like, I told Dodger if we ever fought again, he wouldn't be able to walk. So you drag his ass out of here, Darla, and if you or any of your sons step foot in this town ever again, I'll kill you all. And then the kids say Archie. And he turns around, and there's a crowd of the kids from his gym, and Archie stops yikes yeah this is not great so we cut back to the speakeasy and Hiram slow claps at the end and he's like well I hope the song and dance was fun because at midnight you turn back into a pumpkin Sacienta and all of this goes away Jesus to which Veronica's like I may not be able to serve rum but that won't stop me from making it and burying you to which Hiram pulls out a piece of paper oh yeah Uh, do you know what this is it's a patent that rum recipe that my mother so graciously gave to you, I own it. So if you make rum, I'll sue you for everything you have. So good luck with your interview. Can't wait to see what Columbia thinks about an underage party girl. <laughs> I just love, I, the only way this could have been better is if he pulled the, what, what is this? Oh, it's a patent. My, my only thing with that is, go check on that patent because Hiram likes fake paperwork. That's the only thing about that, to which I'm like, this is stupid. Also, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? So we cut to Betty, who is, clearly in a fugue state she is staring at the red door of her home and then she looks over and young betty comes out of that door hello are you here to kill me like i killed caramel and then young betty points to caramel with the bloody rock sitting next to it and betty looks down and her hands are covered in blood and then everything around her goes completely dark and then we kind of like come out and we can tell now we're like in real darkness, not like pretend. And she's at her, she's outside her home 
And she looks down at her hands and she's got those crescent moons from her nails digging into her skin again, which I like. They brought that back. We haven't seen that in a long time. Mm-hmm. That's cool. They finally took a look at what they've built. They finally did it. They're getting there. Yeah, don't don't ever fucking tell me that they had this plan all along. No, they <laughs> fucking didn't. No, they fucking didn't. We've watched three and a half seasons of this television show. There's no fucking way. No, something has changed. All right, we go back to the hospital and Jughead has shown up. I leave you here for one day and you get shot. No. And if he's like, I'm fine, I'm going home tomorrow. Where have you been? And while this happens, Archie comes up. He's completely beaten up from his fight with Dodger. And he waits at the door and he sees that FP and Jughead are having this conversation. In this moment, Archie was running to his dad. Yep. And he sees, oh, dad's son is here. I, I can't be here. You're my dad. You're not my dad. Nope. Yeah. That that like I didn't really think about it when it when I first watched it. And the second time it's like, oh fuck. Yeah. That's what happened here. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I really, I really do love it. Struck is like, okay, I should sit down for this. I found grandpa. He's living in Seaside in a converted bus. To <laughs> which FP's like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Why'd you do that? And you're like, well, I, I got the Baxter Brothers contract, but I wanted to talk to grandpa before I signed it or not. And Effie's like, well, now, what What now? Well, it turns out I was wrong. DuPont did steal the idea from Grandpa, but he did it legally. And for what it's worth, he feels bad about the way he treated you. And he knows that he what he did to you and Grandma was wrong. And he knows he was a bad father. And Effie's like, yep, he was. Maybe this wild goose chase that went on could be worth something. Would you be willing to talk to him if I brought him here? And Effie kind of is like, he's super uncomfortable with it. He's like, okay, Doc has me here overnight. So I guess if he wanted to stop by, I couldn't exactly say no. <laughs> so I appreciate that. That's good. I, d- I don't want to talk to this man, but fine, I guess. Well, see, here's the thing. When Jughead says that Grandpa says he knows what he did was wrong, there's there's almost like this, like, FP kind of almost recoils to that. It's not an apology for anything, but just the fact that the man has acknowledged that he did me wrong. Ooh. That that's like a release of a whole lot of pain. It goes a long way. Like, I mean, I've been there with some family shit and it's just like, oh, okay. Like this doesn't erase some shit, but it kind of makes some things make a little more sense. Yeah. And sometimes it's really hard to people have so much pride and have been dug in for Mm -hmm. so long. That may be the best you get. And at least that is a little bit of closure. It might not solve anything. It doesn't fix anything. It doesn't make you automatically want somebody in your life but it's like well at least you're aware at least you know what you did was shitty it can release a little bit of that burden like i'm not crazy for thinking what happened was bad yeah so we cut down to the bunker which we also haven't seen in a while oh my god and penelope has been chained to the bunker bed where everyone has had sex I trust you approve this bunker. After all, it's larger than the cell you would have gotten at Shawshank with food, electricity, plumbing. Just like, you wretched child, you can't keep me here. Oh, on the contrary, mother, you need time and solitude to seek penance for your crimes and cruelty. Toodles! Shuts leave and Penelope's just yelling, Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl. I get it, actually, in a weird way. She is so sick of retribution and death and Mm -hmm. this horrible cycle. And so she knows... That Penelope had needs to get punished, but she does not want to have to deal with killing her. No. Or the authorities. She just wants her gone. Yeah. And controlled so that she knows she can't get out. Yeah. 
But on the other hand, you put her in the one place that literally everybody in fucking town knows about. Yeah, so like this isn't going to last very long. I don't and, think so. And honestly, the second chick gets out of prison, he's going to go find her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just going to happen. So we go back to the Not Cooper house. Betty's talking to Charles. She's like, when I saw the red door, I fugued. Like, why? Why? And Charles is like, okay, well, maybe it's a combination of hearing the trigger and then returning to a familiar setting. And Betty's like, what I saw, me about to kill Caramel, I think that's when the dark part of me was born. Just true. That's what she's, we've, you know, it's restating some information we've talked about previously. And Charles says, well, if that's true, if you can go back to that moment and you can stop dark Betty's birth, maybe you basically be killing my shadow self before she was even born. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we do tangerine, tangerine, tangerine. And we see Betty. She goes back outside and it's daytime. And she goes and finds young Betty. Young Betty's sitting there next to Caramel with the rock. And Betty's like, let, let me take that from you. And young Betty's like, well, what do I do now? You can go and play. Really? I can go and play? Yeah, go ahead. Thank you. And young Betty runs off. And so then like regular Betty comes to in the living room. And she's like, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think I did it. And Charles is like, that's great news. You're like, you're all right. You're okay. I thought in the moment. Oh, this is sweet. This is a good moment for her in reconciliation. Then I realized, oh, that was Dark Betty. She just set Dark Betty free. She killed regular Betty. Well, she didn't kill regular Betty. She just let Dark Betty out of the cage. Yes. Oh, shit. Love it. I saw it this time and went, oh, oh, this is very, I, very good. Oh, it's very bad, but very, very good. good. Like, okay. <laughs> We took something really shitty from season one, and now we're using it to our advantage. Dark Betty's back. I'm such a fucking genius about Dark Betty. <laughs> I was so proud of that moment. All right, we go back to the speakeasy, and Veronica's talking to Miss Rutherford. She's like, okay, I guess my shot at Columbia's gone. Miss Rutherford's like, well, not necessarily. We're always looking for people with good stories. I don't know what happened tonight, but I'm sure it's a pretty good story. And Veronica's like, yeah, it, it is indeed. Okay, well, why don't you tell me about it? All right. This could be a chance for her to finally make that tie sever. Well, Columbia's in New York. Who's she got to go visit in New York? Katie Keene. Because that's happening in January, too. Or may, it might be February. I can't remember. But it's soon. But I, I'm down for that. I'm I'm okay with that, too. It makes Except sense. She, she's not going to get in because murder. She's got to go deal with her murder friends. <laughs> so we see Jughead. He's in the forest again at night. And he's back at the bus. He gets into the bus and it's empty. Grandpa's gone. It's not just empty, though. It's dark. It's very dark. So he's clearly been gone for a bit. I don't think the power's cut or anything. It's not been disheveled. But Grandpa's gone. I believe whatever has happened to in those other murders with Charles Chickens and uh, wh whatever, the, uh, the three, that's what's happened to Grandpa now. Because, yeah. because Jughead found him. Yeah. Because they didn't know where he was. So- now they've found Grandpa. He may not be dead yet, but he's going that direction. The way it's set up, it was like Jughead makes a real quick determination. It was like, dude, everything's really dark and creepy in here. And that place is empty. Like, there's no trace of him running yeah. off. Yeah. He's just gone. And it's like, that's not... Not like he packed his shit and he left. Because it would have been... If he really left, the bus would be gone. Is eh. my assumption. Eh, or... A significant amount of stuff. It would be clear that nobody's staying there anymore. He has been disappeared. He has been disappeared. I'm guessing we probably won't see him again until, mm, let's say, episode 18. Who knows? We go over to Thistlewood. 
And Cheryl and Tony are sitting on the couch. And Tony's like, are you okay? Are you having second thoughts about your mom? And Cheryl says, no, I was actually ruminating on perhaps it's time to bury Jason. There's been so much pain and poison in this house. And Jason, more than any of us, deserves the peace my mother spent years denying me. And this is really sweet. Love it. It's perfect. I want to point out that Cheryl is not wearing lipstick. Yeah. I haven't been watching her as closely with this, but as I've said, you know, with Archie, you know, his Letterman jacket was really his his cocoon, his safety blanket with Jughead, it's his hat. Betty, it's her her ponytail, Veronica. The pearls are very indicative of what's happening with them internally. With Cheryl, it's, it's her lipstick. And this is the first time she's truly had all of her walls down. She's not pretending here. No. So I love that. Um, I'm, I need to keep an eye on that a little bit more. I like that Tony is also very considerate like she's still in danger and needs to get the fuck out of that house but the way she's approaching it you see a smile kind of on her face mm-hmm. of relief yeah but at the same time being like are you sure about this yeah because you've been through so much we've gone through all of this shit and i don't want you to just collapse back in on yourself again if we decide to go this route mm-hmm. We go over to the andrews house and archie's sitting in the dark oh the scene is so good the scene is very good Mary's like, what What happened? Wh- who did this to you? And I was like, I did it. I did it to me. They were leaving town. They were done with Riverdale, but I wanted to hurt them, maybe even kill him. Doesn't make sense to me, Mom. How do predators like Dodger get to live and Dad? Ugh. There it is. That's it. Ugh. This, is, this, after last episode, is so good. Mm-hmm. So good. He's like, I'm a monster. And he's like, the kids saw me. It's It's bad. And he's like, when is it going to end? I've never felt further from dad than I do now. Ooh. Oh, this is making me tear up and I fucking hate it. It's the good stuff. This it's is the good stuff right there. This is when Mary calls Frank. Yeah. Mary called Frank. We're going to see Frank in a little bit. But this this is why Frank shows up. Mary needs help. She needs someone else to bring Fred energy to Archie. She needs another adult. She and needs I, help. And I will be damned. I... We said I we don't talked, hate it. I well, we, don't hate it. We talked about this at the beginning of the season. It was like, oh, you're gonna bring an uncle and Jesus Christ. And they set it up perfectly. It is one of those things. It baffles me, but they pulled it off. I'm proud of it, them. It depends on what they do with him, but I guarantee you that's when she called Frank. Oh yeah. Cut over to the hospital, Jughead's come back, and I feel like, let me guess, old man didn't want to come. No, he ran away. I'm sorry, I feel like a fool. No, he didn't. And FP's like, you're not, but you would be if you turned down that contract. Yeah. So Jughead's like, no, I'm signing it. I think my time. it's time to let go of the past. So we cut over to Jughead signing the NDA, which he signs it for Scythe Jones third, and then he puts a little crown above it, which is very <laughs> cute. A note gets slid under his door, and he opens it up and says, Northwoods ASAP. So he goes in there, and then Brett comes out with a cloak, and then Donna shows up with a skull, and then uh, What's-His-Face and Joan show up, and he's like, is this the part where you kill me? And Brett's just like, no, you ass, is an initiation, which, that's fair. I secretly kind of want Brett to be an okay stand-up guy and mm-hmm. just be douchey and just be like the anti-jughead. I'm pretty certain that's never going to happen, mm-hmm. but there's a small part of me that's just like, no, he's just an asshole, but they're like good rival fodder. So one of the writers was sharing on Twitter behind the scenes footage of filming this episode. And he had this whole thing about the guy who plays Brett. And he's just like, he is nothing like his character. He is the nicest dude. Of course. It is ridiculous. So that's pretty funny. 
So Jughead like takes this rock that Brett gives him and smashes the skull, and inside is the tie pin. And they're like, "Welcome to the Quill and Skull Society, Jones." Jughead yeah. is suspicious. I was like, "All right, cool. This is part of the conditions of that contract. I bet you." Well, of course, you have to be part of Quill and Skull. Which, which the contract he was signing was an NDA, non-disclosure. Uh huh. He's not allowed to tell anybody about anything regarding who's writing those stories. Uh huh. That's going to get him in some fucking trouble. Well, there's also a very good possibility that's like, you're writing these stories. That doesn't mean your name's getting put on the books. It, no, it wouldn't. Like anywhere. There will be no acknowledgement that you wrote them anywhere. Uh-huh. Ever. It's uh-huh. only Francis DuPont. Uh-huh. Yep, pretty much. We see Veronica. She's at the speakeasy. She gets a phone call. Cheryl, hey, what's up? We cut over to Sweetwater River. Cheryl is in all white again. Every time she's at Sweetwater River, she's wearing all white. As she got a spider brooch, she is wearing her red lipstick, and we're giving Jason a Viking funeral. The, the, the four are there, plus Tony. You're all here the last time I was at the river when I tried to take my own life. Like that she admitted that. It's yes. very important, very healthy. Mm-hmm. It's only fitting that you're here now. So she lights it on fire. Archie and Jughead push the boat into the river, and, you know, she's crying. She's hugging Tony. She's like, he was the best. He was a good brother. Wish you could have met him for real. Tony's boots are the shit and i need them (laughs) these doc martens that have two versions of plaid on them i'm like fuck i need those boots badly all i can say is can we just please let this be closure for her please don't fuck with cheryl again don't do anything else to her have her be involved in the regular conflicts and the side stuff that's going on here but you cannot directly traumatize that character any longer especially with her family dynamic Mm -hmm. penelope's gonna come back all that shit's gonna get dredged up yeah but like make her this side part of the gang Mm -hmm. and have her be involved in whatever's going on there Mm -hmm. just leave it at that please i'm begging you yeah get over to the el royale gym archie is eating in his office on his little cot bed he hears the door beeping and uh, it opens and closes and Archie goes, he's like, yeah, can I help you? And this guy's like, Archie, Archie Andrews. Yeah, that's who I am. Good to see you. My name's Frank. I'm uh, your dad's brother. Surrogate father time. So then we cut to Betty. She's in her bed at the Not Cooper house and she gets out of bed and she goes to her mirror and she says, tangerine, tangerine. And then we cut to Alice. Here's this glass shattering. She goes to Betty's room. Betty, what happened? Betty's getting into bed. She's like, I wanted to make sure it was gone. The dark part of myself. And it was. We've already stated we think she killed Dark Betty. Because Alice turns around and the mirror shattered in her vanity. Yeah, she didn't kill her, though. No. Uh-uh. No, she, she killed good Betty. She set her free. She set Dark Betty out of the mirror. She didn't She's, kill anybody. Well, here's the thing. This is a nice reference to the... We didn't talk about it, but in the scene with Penelope, Cheryl referenced Alice through the looking glass... There's that, and then there's also the fact of her putting on the black wig in the mirror, her staring at the mirror every time she's turned into that darker character. Yeah. No, no, it it makes total sense. Yeah. So we cut to four weeks later, we're in the woods, and Archie is looking at Jughead, who has had his head bashed in. He's got blood all over his face, and he's like, he's dead. What did you do, Betty? And we turn around, and Betty has blood all over her hands and a rock in her hand, and they're all just freaking out, like, what? Riverdale. So in our doghouse drive-thru, at the very end, I kind of figured out how everyone got turned into sleeper agents. So my theory is that it's the videotapes. Yes. The videotapes, 
when you watch them, that turns you into a sleeper agent. Subliminal messaging. It's a subliminal messaging, which again, it goes great to sex lies and videotapes is the theme for this season. And one of the things that, we, that we've also noticed in these flash forwards is a somewhat monotone behavior. In the scene where Donna and Brett identify the three as the killer, they're very... That's it. That's the one who killed Jughead Jones. Yeah. They're clearly being hypnotized. Yeah. Thinking back to the first flash forward, throw Jughead's beanie in the fire, blah, blah, blah. We'll never talk again. That very first scene, they have been hypnotized. Somebody is orchestrating all of this. It's probably Charles and Chick. Charles has the in through Mm -hmm. the FBI connections. Chick is in Shankshaw. They've overheard how this was working at the farm, and they've decided, we're going to do this on a bigger scale. Well, Charles, via Alice, got all the intel on the farm. He stole all that information. He's got all this detail. He's got Chick, who he's kind of doing it for. It's it's all Charles. Charles is the bad guy. Yeah. Penelope's going to get roped into it at some point. It's going to be so great. All right, well, that's that's it for, you know, mid-season finale. But, oh, wait, they finally released a promo for episode 10 that comes back. Okay, we've, we've heard a couple different things. There's, it's coming back January 15th, and it's coming back January 22nd. So I, like, as of today, I don't really know what the truth is. But when it comes back, we'll be back. Of course. So it's going to be music time. And then when we come back, we'll have just watched the promo for episode 10, Varsity Blues. Okay, so it's called Varsity Blues. Funny. We get a return to football for Archie, which is good. He needs something healthy to be a part of. That's good. Veronica's in her blonde wig, and she's catfishing Brett, apparently. This has got to be a Jughead setup. Something. Something's happening because she's uh, he's just looks at her and goes, go to my room and take off all your clothes. <laughs> and then we see someone lift up the cloak of their, like the quill and skulls cloak, and they've got cut marks on their arm oh cool yay ritual cutting lovely so it'll be interesting don't don't have a lot of theories at this moment i'll have to think on a little bit more they're not giving us anything no well they might release another trailer when we get closer to the premiere but for right now it's going to be nothing and honestly fine leave it that way Uh, we haven't gotten a trailer yet for part three of the chilling adventures of sabrina that's going to air on january 24th on netflix when that comes back, we'll, we haven't exactly figured out how we're going to fit that in in the spring, but we will be doing that on our Patreon feed. All of part one have been released into the wild. So that is in our doghouse feed right now. Uh, if you really like that and then you want to get more, you can go become a $2 nut patron at patreon.com slash Macintosh and Mod. And then you'll get that. You'll also get our drive through episodes as soon as new episodes come out. As well as, you know, extra movies that we do for Macintosh and Mod Haven't Seen What. Yep. So if you need some Christmas movie coverage for the next few weeks, we've got that over there. All right. Well, until next time. Hashtag Go Bulldogs. Thanks for 
listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.